Hello, hello. You are listening to a new episode of A Pastor in His Newspaper, a podcast helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. My name is Dr. Castro, and we have many, many things to discuss, so let's not delay and get to reading the news with the Bible in your hand. Reports coming out this week that if inflation is continuing to rise, we are at 8.5%, which is a 40-year high. Um, And so gas and and groceries are continuing to to rise and hitting American homes. Um, And as people uh, think about their budgets going into the summer, uh, they're having to rethink even basic basic things like gas and food and how much they cost. So things are just continuing to rise. Um, and in the sports world, Tiger Woods uh, did not win the Masters, but uh, did, did make the cut and kind of grilled out four rounds at the Masters, which is a huge accomplishment for him since he uh, almost lost his leg from a car accident in L.A., and uh, so that's been kind of the big news coming out of the sports world. Baseball is back. Uh, the teams that are kind of predicted to win the World Series this year, Blue Jays, maybe the Astros, maybe the Dodgers. Um, interesting note is that eight different teams have won the World Series in the past eight years. So the likelihood that the Braves are going to repeat are kind of low based off those that pattern. And even in the in Formula One, uh, Charles Le- Leclerc is uh, from Ferrari is dominating uh, the field, um, and so past winner Max Verstappen doesn't seem like he has the edge this year, and it doesn't even seem that Lewis Hamilton, who the former seven year in a row champion, uh, is really pushing um, the the is not pushing to win this year. So it seems like in all of sports, dynasties are kind of. Uh, an old thing and so new champions are kind of everywhere even in tennis and golf and and baseball uh, we've had three of the last Super Bowl champions have been three separate teams uh, even basketball you know the Golden State Warrior dynasty kind of has faded uh, the Lakers well, they won that one uh, championship during the, uh, the pandemic and the bubble but they didn't even make the playoffs the next two years uh, looks like maybe the Phoenix Suns or the Grizzlies here in Memphis, maybe the team that could win. The Bucks won their first finals uh, this past year, and they uh, they may not repeat this year. They haven't been the strongest team in the league. So it's kind of a, an, an interesting world in sports is that uh, new champions and not dynasties is kind of the it's kind of the thing right now. Uh, so that's kind of what's been going on. Uh, even even getting into movies, Marvel had a horrible. Uh, Disney had a horrible uh, showing with their new Marvel movie, Morbus, which I have no interest in watching. Uh, that didn't even do well at the box office. Michael Bay kind of flopped with his new movie, Ambulance. Uh, so a lot of these these old these kind of established. Um, uh, entities like Marvel and Michael Bay movies have flopped at the at the box office. So it seems like new is in, and things that uh, um, that um, so new new champions, uh, new box office hits are kind of the thing right now. Uh, so just kind of now moving into really the second part of our discussion on Disney, uh, as I mentioned last. Last episode, last week, the Disney coming out and supporting kind of the, the well, actually uh, not supporting, supporting their employees, but um, speaking in opposition to the parent parental rights law in Florida, uh, Disney siding with LGBTQ plus 
uh, agenda and opposition to this bill. And so I want to continue to talk about uh, not just Disney, but just the age that we live in. Um, this past weekend in the w- weekend interview with David Mommet, uh, this was a every every weekend, most weekends, Wall Street Journal has an extended interview uh, article uh, with different people, either in uh, science, politics, culture, arts, entertainment. And David Mamet is is a writer, a playwriter, a screenwriter in Hollywood. He wrote the play Glen Gary, Glen Ross, which became a pretty uh, successful movie in the 90s with Al Pacino and Alec Baldwin. I mean, um, Alec Baldwin is in uh, has a kind of a, a pretty popular, famous scene in that movie uh, that ended up getting uh, used in a skit uh, in SNL. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay for The Untouchables, which is a great movie um, with Kevin Costner and, um, uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name, the <laughs> uh, the great uh, Sean Connery, uh, excuse me, but uh, about a great movie about uh, Al- about the mob and, and, and uh, the response by Elliot Ness to bringing down Capone. Um, so he wrote the screenplay for that movie. But so he, in this interview, uh, is talking about the topic of wokeness um, that was addressed in the interview. And and David Mama is convinced that the woke agenda is nothing more than an act. Uh, he says, they do not walk around saying things that are dangerous to express. No, people whisper out, out here. They have to, they have to, they have to say, well, maybe Trump did some good things and you can't do that. You'd risk your home, your job, your family, and your friends. And he's speaking mostly about the Hollywood uh, culture and community and their response to the LGBTQ agenda and uh, identity politics. And 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 so the, even the the view amongst many in Hollywood is not to state what they think, but to continue to conform to um, kind of the political correctness that is out there. He says, Hollywood especially knows how to perform a lie. The entire business is performance, not authenticity. He says, nobody really believes boys sure, uh, should should be, no one, nobody really believes boys can become girls or that girls become, can, can become boys. No one does. But it's put into a different category. So it becomes dangerous to question it if you question it you're out. This revelation by David Mamet reminds me of the funny bit in Monty Python's In the Laugh Life of Brian. Uh, this is the scene takes place in a huge Roman amphitheater, uh, sparsely attended. And the, the, the four characters are Reg, Francis, Stan, and Judith. Are they sitting in the stands and they're, and they're having this discussion? And Judith says, an anti imperialist group like ours must reflect. Such divergence of interest within, within its power base. Red says, agreed. Francis? Francis says, I think Judas's point of view is valid here, Reg, provided the, mov- mov- the movement never forgets that it is the inalienable rights of every man, Stan says, or woman. Francis, or woman, to rid himself, Stan, or herself, Reg, or herself, agreed. Thank you, brother, Stan, or sister. Francis, thank you, brother, or sister. Where was I? Reg says, I thought you'd finished, Francis. Oh, did I? Right. Reg, furthermore, it is the birthright of every man, Stan, or woman. Reg, why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off, Stan. 
says, women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Francis, why are you always on about women, Stan? Stan says, I want to be one. They all pause, confused. Reg says, what? Stan says, I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. Reg, what? It, Stan says, it's my right as a man. Judith, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? Stan says, I want to have babies. Reg says, you want to have babies? Stan says, it's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. Reg says, but you can have babies. Stan says, don't you oppress me. Reg says, I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus going to taste? You're going to keep it in a box? Stan starts to cry. Judith says, here, I've got an idea. Suppose we agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Francis says, good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother, sister, sorry. Francis is upset. What's the point? Francis says, what? Reg says, what's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? Francis says, it's symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Reg says, it's symbolic of your struggle against reality. And that funny scene is is basically what's going on. You have a group of people that are arguing for a right that doesn't fit in with reality. And they're just kind of doing this in symbolic nature, but not actually speaking with any sense of authenticity or truth. What we're hearing from Disney and other corporations is an act with no authenticity. It is only a symbol that does not correspond with reality. Barton Swan, and uh, in, in this article, Barton Swan is the one who writes this article. He's the one who does this interview with David Mom. It says that in 1950s, which is famous, famously known as the age of conformity with anything but, Swam writes, in fact, the 50s was a time of extraordinary artistic creativity. Boundless technological innovation, original thinking in politics, intellectual diversity in journalism and higher education, new energy in religion, and enormous progress in race relations. What the 80s and 90s mistook for conformity was a naturally involved culturally solidarity, something nearly everybody on the left and the right longs for now. That there was diversity amongst thought and ideas in the 1950s and 1960s as well, that we tend to kind of mock that this was an age of conformity, that everyone thought the same way, dressed the same way, but that actually wasn't true. He continues, an informed observer of present-day America might reasonably conclude that our own decade, at least, among the educated and advantaged classes, is far more in bed with the spirit of conformism than the 1950s were. Corporate managers and military leaders parrot nostrums about diversity, inclusion, and sustainability that few of them believe. Museums and orchestras studiously avoid programming that might offend ideologies. Reporters and producers in the mainstream press seize 
on stories or ignore them solely because that's what everyone else in the press is doing. Large majorities in wealthy cities dutifully compel with public health restrictions they know to be largely ineffective, mainly because refusing to do so would invite the ear of friends and neighbors complying with those restrictions for the same reason. Forced conformity. We think the 1950s as the age of forced conformity, but really we are in an age of forced conformity where people do not express what they think because they're afraid that they will be canceled. The heart of David Mamet's views right now is the pressure to conform to a new orthodoxy that is ruled by a new priesthood. And Disney and others are bowing in worship towards this new law, hoping for salvation, hoping that they will be ushered into their eternal kingdom. However, the gods and heroes of this new religion are flawed, yet set up as moral superheroes. The evil ones are the persons or groups that speak in opposition to this new religion. They are the haters, the sons of Cain. However, we're all cursed with proclivities towards evil and sin. King David was an adulterer and a murderer, and he is one of the heroes of the Bible. The Bible makes no excuses that all the characters are not role models. They are not perfect. They are not without sin, except one. There's one character in the Bible. There's one person that is a role model, is a moral hero. And that is the guiltless one. That's Jesus Christ. He is the innocent of the charge of perfidy, deceitfulness. He is guiltless when it comes to the sin of hypocrisy and unfaithfulness. Jesus is the true authentic one. He spoke the truth. He lived out the truth in every way. In our world, we have a group that is forcing conformity, forcing everyone to an understanding and to a truth that they could not even follow because all are flaw, all are sin. There are no moral super, uh, there are no moral superheroes in our on our in our in our in our world in our society. If anything, this past week has reminded us reminded us reminded us of the evilness in our world. And another news and events that are happening this week and kind of compounding with the weeks from from past week is just the evil that has been discovered in our world. First off, the the crime in New York City, crime in New York City is up 41% in the past year. This pattern This pattern was on display on Tuesday after a horrific shooting spree on a Brooklyn subway. Vladimir Putin was unleashed has unleashed his mercenaries on the civilians of Ukraine in the past few weeks as mass graves have been discovered and missiles meant for children launched. Yet for several years the West has argued over hate crimes when real and physical evil exists. The postmodern era has limited clear understanding of evil. Instead, evil is muddied with debate. What happened in Germany by the Nazis in the 1940s was evil. What happened in Cambodia in the 1970s was evil. What is happening in Ukraine right now is evil. When murderous acts happen in the United States, we focus on the tools of evil instead of the people who act. Climate change, which is abstract and complex, is seen as the great evil of our day. However, real people are destroying others to achieve some end. 
Evil is a topic of comedy in our society. Dr. Evil is funny. Bad guys are shown as misunderstood in Wreck-It Ralph. Bad guys who get their own movie are exalted as authentic and memorable. Evil is intrinsic because sin is intrinsic. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible is full of characters that fell short. We cannot push evil away with hate crime laws and deconstructing definitions to make us feel we have progressed past old ideas and old events. Evil is very much still in our world. It's not something in a movie. It's not something from the 1940s in a documentary. It is amongst us. And if you think, well, that's stuff that evil dictators do. No, evil is in all of us. It's intrinsic. We are all flawed. And the Bible makes that very uh, very clear if you read the God's word. They, we're not talking about a list of self-righteous people that God exalts and lifts up. He actually, he humbles the exalted. Our characters are flawed. Abraham is flawed. Moses is flawed. David is flawed. Peter is flawed. Paul is flawed. There is only one character in the Bible who has no flaws, who is perfect in every way, who is sinless, and that is Jesus Christ. And we come back to this important event that we will be celebrating, that we've been celebrating this week, and we will celebrate at the end of this week, which is Easter. We come back to the cross, where the most evil event in history took place. Evil men, directed by evil groups, beat, mocked, tortured, and killed the Son of God. Jesus Christ, the sinless one, was effect, was offered for sins to redeem sinners. He was crushed for your sins. Oscar Wilde, the playwright, said, Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. When we think about the cross, what an interesting micro story in the, in the big Easter story is the criminal that hung next to Jesus on the cross. What's so interesting about this particular criminal that died alongside Jesus is that he is actually ministered and saved and and received salvation by Jesus on the cross. As he was hanging there, he this is this is a remarkable conversation that happens. Remarkable event happens as they both are suffering and dying on the cross. Let me just read the passage. It's in Luke chapter 23. One of the criminals who was, who was hit, who, who were hanged railed at Jesus saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself in us. But the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Jesus says to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. A man who is known apocryphally as Dismas, he confessed the true identity of Jesus while they both suffered on their individual crosses. The gospel account tells us he was a robber, a criminal. He committed evil acts against other people. Who knows what he's done? I mean, all we know is that he was a criminal. He could have murdered. He was a man who understood that he deserved what he was receiving. 
He understood that he had a sinful condition. He believed he deserved the sentence that he received. He he believed that he deserved to die because of his evil. He believed Jesus is sinless, that he did not deserve the, the, the judgment he is receiving. And he believes Jesus is God. He is redeemed by Christ Jesus on the cross. All sinners, all saints have a past, but sinners have a future. And this man's future is glory as he hung on the cross. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And we believe Jesus' words, that this man was saved on the cross and dwells in glory with his Savior. All of us have a past, but we can all have a glorious future with Christ. If we trust in the cross, there is no glorious future in the new orthodoxy of this new religion of identity politics. So the, 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 the issue with Disney and their executives is they will not be redeemed from judgment just because they've been good saints of this new religion. They and everyone are guilty and deserving of condemnation. But only in Christ Jesus, who hung on a Roman cross, can you be saved. You can only be saved from your heart's proclivity towards sin. There's only salvation in Christ. It's not siding with the LGBTQ plus group. It's not siding with the conformist view of this new religion. It's only in Jesus. He is the only one who has ever lived that is sinless and guiltless and then yet suffered on our behalf so that we, the righteous requirements of the law, may be fulfilled in him. So look to Jesus this week. Evil is very much in our world, and only in Jesus can you be rescued from the evil within. Thank you so much for listening to a pastor in his newspaper. If you enjoyed what you listened to, share this podcast on your social media channels. I would appreciate it. I will be back next week with a new episode of a pastor in his newspaper, helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. Have a wonderful Easter holiday and we will see you next week.